श्रीमद सदगुरु सरकार की श्रीमद युगल सरकार की अज्ञान तिमिरांधस्य ज्ञानांजन शलाकया चक्षुरुन्मीलितम् ये न कृपालु गुरवे Vakshahasthale kaustubham Nāsāgrevaramoktikam kartale Jayate Gopal Chudamanihi Yo Brahmanam 
विदधाति पूर्वम् यो वै वेदांश्च प्रहिनोति तस्मै तग्वंहदेवमात्मबुद्धिप्रकाशम् मुमुक्षुर्वै शरणमहम् प्रपद्ये chant for a few minutes bhajogiri dhar govind gopala Thank you. 
सरकार की श्रीमत युगल सरकार की रिस्पेक्टेड डिवोरीज ऑफ श्री महाराज जी रिस्पेक्टेड व्यूअर्स राधे राधे हे परम प्रियतम पूर्णतम पुरुषोत्तम श्री कृष्ण तुमसे विमुख होने के कारण अनादिकाल से हमने अनंता अनंत दुख पाए एवं पा रहे हैं The simple translation of this verse of the beginning prayer, O oh my dearest darling, the absolute supreme Shri Krishna, I have suffered to extremes in this world as I have ignored your grace. Let us try and understand the deeper meaning of these lines. There is a beautiful verse in the Bhagavatam. Bhayam dvitiya bhinivishata syadisha dapetas yaviparyayo smritihi tanmayaya to बुध आभजेतम भक्त्यै कैशम गुरुदेवतात्मा Since the individual soul turned away from his beloved god shri krishna vimukha is the word means to turn away to turn your face away from god as a result of turning away from god the soul became influenced by maya So this verse describes that when the soul will turn and face Shri Krishna, in other words, when the soul will become sanmukha, 
turn toward, turn Godward with a full heart, wholeheartedly, then the individual soul will be liberated from the clutches of Maya, will transcend the limitations of Maya. The knot of ignorance will forever seize, it will break, and the soul will find its ultimate goal of divine love realization. Veda Vyarji explicitly states in the Puranas, Dasabhutamidam tasya jagatsthavara jangamam Srimannarayana swami jagatam prabhurishvara Dasabhuta harereva nanyasyaiva kadachana Padma Purana That as a fraction or shakti power whatever its nature may be the individual soul is an eternal fraction of God. A natural servant of God. Likewise, Gauranga Mahaprabhuji, the supreme descension of Sri Radha Krishna over 500 years ago, He tells us, Jivera Swarupa Hoy Krishnera Nitya Dasa, that every soul is an eternal servant of Sri Krishna. And Sri Krishna himself tells us in the Gita, Gatir Bharta Prabhu Sakshi Nivasaha Sharanam Suhrit. Every soul is a das servant of Sri Krishna. Just as the various parts of a tree, the roots and the branches and the leaves and the flowers, they serve the tree. The roots extract nutrients from the earth and supply them to the tree. The leaves, etc., pull sunlight and air, and serve the tree. In the same way, we, the individual soul, should also serve our anshi. Anshi means our whole. We are the fraction. Sri Krishna is our. We are the ansh, fraction, a part, a spark of divinity. God is our anshi. So it is our natural identity, if you will, to serve Seva because we are his Das. So this naturally leads to two essential questions. First, what is the nature of our relationship with God? We have to understand the answer to this scientifically. The second, 
what or who is responsible for the soul to turn away from Sri Krishna? What caused the soul to turn away? So the answer to the first question, let us explore. Veda Shastra kahe sambandha abhidheya prayojana Krishna Krishna bhakti prem teena mahadhan Sambandha, relationship, abhidheya, how to establish that relationship and prayojan, what is the purpose of that relationship? So for our purpose, we are going to look or explore the meaning of the word sambandha. Sam is the prefix and bandha is the root. So the meaning of the word sambandha is eternal bond. Eternal bond. Speaking of the mother, father, brother, son-in-law, brother-in-law, and all these whom we consider and call our relations. Now think, can the word sambandhi be truly used for parents, spouse, and children? And think whether or not this word sambandhi can be used for Sri Krishna and make a decision. Our closest relationship, our closest relationship is with the parents. Mother is number one, father is number two. After that come the siblings. And the wife, she is a very distant relation. Where is she from? Who are her parents? You circle the sacred fire seven times and she became your wife. So we form relationships in the world because we have something to gain from those people. Point number one. Point number two is that there is no telling how long these people are going to stay with us. We see, we observe, we witness. Sometimes the child is born and the mother dies while giving birth. It happens thousands of times. The child could not even understand his relationship with the mother. Ten days later, the father died. So one thing is that the relationship with all these people is so uncertain that there is no guarantee for even one second. And let us suppose that all of these family members, mother, father, brother, and everyone, lived for and remained alive for a hundred years. For a hundred years. Nobody died in your family. Then what? These people will remain related to you for as long as their selfish motives are fulfilled. Otherwise, even brothers are known to kill 
brothers. So the relationships that we have with people in the world are, for one thing, they're temporary. And even if all these people lived for a long time, where will they go after they die? They will go to where their actions will take them. So the relationship comes to an end. It comes to an end. Yes. And for as long as the relationship did exist, the basis of that was selfishness, self-interest. That's what it was. The mother had pinned great hopes on, the, on, on her child, on her son, right from when he was a child, right from his childhood. My son will be very great, and he will serve me, and he will surpass even Shravan Kumar in obeying and serving his parents. Now, the same boy speaks abusive words to the parents. And some fall down so low as to even slap their parents. And still, those unfortunate parents, they are so attached to them and consider them as their own. This is even more surprising. Even more surprising. So, all of these relationships that we have in the world are temporary. In this life, we have a father. In our next birth, we will have a new father. And beyond that, perhaps a dog father and a cat father. Yes, we will have to have a father no matter what form what body we reincarnate into. And over the course of our unlimited, infinite lives, we have had so many fathers and mothers and brothers, and as the scriptures describe, Katinam Sutana Lalita, Kativane Havadhura Bhunjihi, Kwanute Kwanutashchavayam. So, this world is a meeting place of fellow travelers. People, they travel by train to various destinations. So, people are, they're sitting in a train, each going to a different destination. So, they're sitting idle, what to do. So, they start chatting with each other. So, where are you headed? What do you do for a living? Oh, yes, yes. And the other one says, yes, yes. Even if they're saying the wrong thing, they're still nodding, agreeing. So when the train makes a stop, one says, okay, I'm going. Harnam Ganges has arrived, my station. I'm going to the sadhana program, going to Mangar for the sadhana. So the other one says, but how can you do this to me? You cannot leave me. Why didn't you come with me to Allahabad? So the other person says, well, no, I can't because I have to get to Mangar. I'm going for sadhana. 
Why didn't you come along with me and join the sadhana program? So he says, well, you know, I don't have faith in God. So he says, well, I don't have faith in Allahabad. So the train makes a stop and the passenger gets off. And all of those loving conversations, they come to an end. This is exactly our situation in the world with our people, whom we consider ours, mother, father, brother, sister, and all of these people. After the Mahabharata war, Dhritarashtra, the father of the Kauravas, he was left alone. He was all by himself, alone, alone. All his hundred sons had perished. They were all gone. So he asked Sri Krishna, what sin am I being punished for? What am I being punished for? Because even in the world, parents have two or three or four children, and at least one, if not all, remains alive until the parents turn old. But in my case, I lost all hundred sons. And why is that? He asked Sri Krishna. So Sri Krishna said that when you calculate sins, do not consider just one lifetime because that is not the Hindu philosophy. No, it is not like that. You have lived for uncountable lifetimes and you have performed uncountable actions and sins. Do you remember them? So Dhritarashtra, he remembered four, his four lifetimes. So Sri Krishna said, what is four in light of infinity? So four minus infinity, what is that? Infinity. Infinity minus infinity, it is infinity. It's just like if somebody goes to the ocean and they take four drops out of the ocean and claim to have reduced the ocean by four drops, people will laugh at such a person. <laughs> so relationships in the world are temporary, temporary, yes. And meaning that they are only a bond. They are not eternal. They are not eternal relationships. They are just a bond, a temporary bond based on self-interest. And for as long as that relationship is intact, intact, two months, four months, ten months, two years, or however long, there's constant rifts and quarrels. What kind of relationship is this? What kind of relationship is this? Starts out real strong in the morning, and then in the afternoon, things turn upside down. And then the name-calling starts. Yes. And the biggest thing is that the person whom we believe is our relative because we wish our selfish 
interests or motives to be fulfilled, well, they feel the same toward us. And yet, both say to each other, oh, I want this for you, and the other says, well, I want that for you. But the reality is quite the opposite. They're only thinking for themselves. Love in this world, it is self-centered. It is self-absorbed. We cannot think beyond our happiness. That is just human nature because we have not received perfect love, perfect happiness, so we cannot think beyond our own. Whatever is our own, that is it. We cannot think beyond. So, these relationships are a mere show, external show. Yes. And the world is propelling, it's moving on the basis of acting, etiquette. Because if the reality were to come out, the entire world would collide and crash within 24 hours. Yes, that is what will happen. So let us try to understand the sequence of worldly relationships in layman's language. <clears throat> you have a relationship with your neighbor. Still closer is your relationship if you have a servant in the house. Still closer, your friends. Closer than your friends, parents and children. Still closer is a relationship of husband or wife. But the closest and most intimate relationship we have as individuals is with our body. Our body. Yes. Our body will never act against us because it is our own. We may look at somebody and feel critical toward them and judge them. Oh, she's very tall. He's very tall. She's very short. He's very short. He's dark. She's dark. But when we look at ourselves, we think, wow, look at me. How great I look. How beautiful I am. I know God is most beautiful. He's number one, but I'm certainly number two. So we feel ecstatic when we look at our body. We're so attached to our body as individuals. And yet, our body will also leave us one day. When the time of death will come, our body will also leave us, depart. Our body will perish, rather. Yes, that is what will happen. Because our body was made in our mother's womb, it's made of the five structural elements, earth, water, fire, air, and space. And all of these elements will merge into their reason. So earth will mix into earth, fire will mix into fire, water into water, air into air, and space into space. Everything comes full circle, full circle. That is what will happen. 
and the waste of our body and after we pass on it is turned into fertilizer and that fertilizer when it's mixed with the earth it yields grains wheat and other grains we use we eat those grains the food that we eat then what happens it's converted into juices and then blood and then flesh and then bone marrow seminal fluid the body is then created from a combination of the seminal fluid from the father and menstrual blood from the mother so then that body will die someday upon death it's going to go back into the earth and then what food stuff will yield again we'll eat it and this cycle has been going on forever since eternity we've been in this world since eternity yes so this is the reality of our body this is what our body is all about so how can we expect to have an eternal relationship with our body no this is what it's all about and for as long as we have it we know this reality there's no denying that scores of problems are troubling us sometimes you know we have aches and pains and this and the other is going on with our body we're running to the doctors getting treatments and all of this so we become a slave to the body so even our body is not ours the point is that no one in the world is our sambandhi no and while we expect someone to give us joy and pleasure the fact is the reality is that they don't even know what happiness actually is no they don't once in ayodhya bhagwan ram he gave a lecture ek baar raghunath bulaye guru dijpur vasi sab aaye त्यागि कर्म शुभाशुभदायक भजहि मोहि सुर नर मुनि नायक सो भगवान राम गेव अ लेक्चर एंड ही टोल्ड द रेजिडेंट्स ऑफ अयोध्या दैट ओनली आई आई एम योर्स मी अलोन no nobody else is yours except for me your mother father no no none of them me only me truth be told it is a common occurrence in in families that they deprive us of real happiness what do i mean by this 
if someone in a family starts walking toward God, then the other family members, they become indignant. Oh, but, you know, he's chanting Radhe Radhe, and he's doing, what's going on? What happened? He's chanting Radhe Radhe, yes. But you were the one that sent him to the ashram, did you not? Well, I did, but that doesn't mean that he's just supposed to just chant Radhe 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 all the time. Of course, he can chant in his mind. So now the rest of the family, because they're not interested, are after the life of this poor soul. And if they can't change him, then they feel like, all right, well, let's just go to their guru and fix him. But what can the guru do? All he did was impart knowledge. Because if it were up to the guru, then he would have taken the entire world to divine Golok. It is up to the soul to accept that knowledge. Right? Yes. It is up to the soul. Not up to God or the saint. No. So, how can these relations be our true well-wishers? No, they're not our well-wishers. No. So our relationship, the beginning, without any beginning and without any end, is with one divine entity alone, and that's God. Prano ke prana aru Govind Radhe Jeevo ke jeevan Krishna hai bata de Radha Govind Geet. Our scriptures tell us Mamai Vansho Jeeva Loke Jeeva Bhutah Sanatanah Gita Chin Matram Shri Hare Ransham Sukshma Maksharam Avyayam Ved Amritasya Vaiputraha. We are the children. We are the children of Sri Krishna. Eko Havai Devo Narayano Mata Pita Bhrata Nivasaha Sharanam Suhrit Gatihi. All of our relationships are with one, one. Shri Krishna only. And what, is, what kind of relationship is this? How personal and how intimate is this relationship? So the Bhagavatam describes, Harir deha vritamatma swayam prakriti rishwara tatpadamulam sharanam yataha kshemo ninamiha That we, the individual soul, which is we, who we are, our true identity, the soul is the body of the Supreme Soul. That is how intimately connected we are with God. And this relationship is eternal. What do I mean by this? Well, it is because God empowers the soul, we, the soul. Otherwise, 
without his direct empowerment or association, we, the soul, would be inert. There would be no life in the soul. So that's why our scriptures tell us, Nityo nityanam chetanas chetananam meko bahunam nidadhati kaman That God, Sri Krishna, our eternal relation, He has never left us. He cannot leave us for even a fraction of a second. In every life, in every form that we reincarnated into over the course of unlimited infinite lives, He never left us and He never will. This is what an eternal bond is. So, the answer to the first question, our relationship, the true nature of our relationship with Sri Krishna is that it is complete. It is sambandha. It is an eternal bond. The second question, what is responsible for us turning away from God. So the word antahakaran, we have heard, we even say it in this prayer. It consists of the mind, intellect, and our sanskars, impressions left on the mind due to activities of our past lives. So a combination of this is known as the antahakaran. And this antahakaran, according to the Gita, has two partitions, mind and the intellect, the desiring mind and the discriminating mind. The Sankhya Darshan says, Man buddhi ahankar. And Vedanta says, Man buddhi chitta ahankar. But the Gita tells us, Two. So, how does the system work? What does the mind do? The mind, it grasps the objects of the senses, of sight, smell, sound, taste, and touch, with the help of the senses. Without the, uh, the mind... The senses are useless. They cannot do anything. So the mind grasps the external objects with the help of the senses. And then, what does it do? It analyzes it. The work of the mind begins, it analyzes it. Is this person a female or a male? Should I look upon them with love, hatred, or indifference? Will my self-interest be harmed or served? In this way, the mind analyzes. And then it relays the information to the discriminating mind, which is the intellect. So the intellect says, this person is no one to you, move on. When we go to the market, you know, we see a lot of people. But the intellect keeps telling us 
Just keep moving, keep moving. This person's no one to you. You don't know that person. That person's a stranger. So we keep moving through the crowd. And as soon as we find someone, or we spot somebody that we know that's familiar to us, then we immediately stop and acknowledge them and talk to them and chat with them. Now, how does this happen? It happens because the intellect tells the mind that this person is dear to you. So talk to them. So then the mind, in turn, tells the senses. Smile, talk, frown. This is what happens. So the work of the mind takes place twice. It first, it analyzes, grasps the objects of the senses, analyzes it, sends it to the intellect, and the intellect then, in turn, gives the judgment and the mind acts accordingly, instructs the senses. So what is the implication of this? The implication of this is that someone who is wise, am I losing you all? You're paying attention. Radhe, radhe. Okay. So the implication of this is that someone who is wise sees the objects of the senses, but the intellect and sends that information to the intellect. But the intellect being firm in the knowledge given by the guru, the intellect passes a judgment and says, no. This thing is not mine. It cannot give me the fulfillment I desire. No. So the intellect tells his mind to not direct the senses there. And the mind does not object, nor do the senses. Why? Because they are mere servants. They are mere servants. They have no objection. Just like if you instruct a horse to take a particular path, it does so. If the driver of a car turns the wheel down a certain road, they don't object because their job is to move irrespective of the directions. So everything depends on the decision of the intellect is what I'm saying. On the decision of the intellect. And that is why we need the power of discrimination. And without discrimination, our common sense of infinite lives tells us that the world is ours. We are witness to people who are running after the world, even in old age, even after retirement. If somebody doesn't have a wife or children, then they serve somebody's wife and somebody's children, some people adopt children and spend years raising their adopted child. Yes. So in this way, we willingly bring about the tension and anxiety and frustrations that accompany material attachments. We do not make an attempt to get out of this mess. No. No, we don't. In the words of Sri Maharaji, I tell people 
that, you know, now your son is old enough and he's earning, why don't you give up family responsibilities and spend time in sadhana? But, oh, Maharaji, you know, my son is still young. He doesn't really know how to conduct business properly. And so I have to help him. So Maharaji says, well, you think your son is going to grow up to be your father? No. He's always going to be your child. When are you going to do it if not now? When are you going to devote and dedicate your life to spirituality if not now? Well, Maharaji, what you're saying is correct. It is so true. But this intellect, it goes by the practice of infinite lifetimes. This intellect, it goes by the practice. So such a person who does not have the refuge of a God-realized personality cannot enter the kingdom of God. No. It is only one who has surrendered to a saint, such a person or such an aspirant has hope. Hope. So, we have to give our mind. Sri Krishna tells Arjuna in the Gita, Mayeva mana adhatsva, Mayi buddhim niveshaya. Shri Krishna told Arjun, give your mind to me. Arjun said, all right, I'll give my mind to Shri Krishna and I'll keep the intellect. Because after all, the intellect is what's more important. And as soon as he had that thought, Shri Krishna said, he added, May buddhim, give the intellect also. Man de de, buddhi de de. Govind Radhe Yahi hai prapan Paribhasha Bata de So Shri Krishna said, No, Arjun, give both your mind and your intellect. So when you'll give both, in other words, when you will part with everything you have in the form of mind and intellect, then you will have to act according to the person you have surrendered, right? And if that person or that personality is divine, they will, they will take you on the right path. But if you fall victim, fall prey to a gambler or an alcoholic or somebody like that, then what will happen? And you surrender your intellect to them, then they'll take you into the deepest trench of misery. That is what they will do. Because wherever you surrender, that's what you get. That is what will happen. So, to answer that question, who or what is responsible it is our intellect that is responsible for the quandary we are in. Until our intellect becomes decisive, we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful. And our intellect will become decisive when we perceive 
God directly in front of us. Until then, no. We cannot trust our buddhi, our intellect. After all, it is maik, it is material, yes. We may have rowed 190 yards across a river that is 200 yards wide, but we have still not reached the shore. And if we leave the safety of the boat and make an attempt to jump, we may still drown. We may still drown. So we have to be careful and cautious. So it is the intellect that is the culprit, the primary culprit that has deprived us of our goal over the course of uncountable lifetimes. Time and time again, our intellect drove us toward the world. Why? Because the intellect believes that it exists in the world. What? Happiness. Happiness exists in the world, and that is why we are deprived of our goal. So, in this lines, the devotee is saying that, Oh, Sri Krishna, I turned away from you since eternity. And as a result, I have suffered to extremes. So the intellect is the culprit. The soul turned away from Sri Krishna and afflicted by the painful sufferings in the form of its faithful service to Maya, the soul is surrounded by pain and misery. It is overburdened with these Mayic defilements and the afflictions, Daihik, mental and physical afflictions, Daivik, caused by other living beings, and also Bhautik, by the surroundings and, the, and nature, heat, cold, etc. And Trikarma, the three kinds of actions, Triguna, the three kind, the qualities of Maya, and Panchiklesh, Avidya, Asmita, Ragadvesh, Abhinivesh, and all of these diseases, they took over our mind, our consciousness. So this devotee is saying that I have suffered to extremes because I turned away from you. Tujhe se vimukh hoke govindaradhe ati dukh paya ab to kripade tujhe te vimukh hoke Govind Radhe Huanish Pap Kaun Naam Bata De Tujh Te Vimukh Hoke 
गोविंद राधे सो द डिवोरी इज सेइंग दैट हैविंग टर्न्ड अवे फ्रॉम यू सिंस इटर्निटी आई हैव एक्सपीरियंस्ड अनटोल्ड मिजरी एंड सफरिंग्स एंड is there any one please give me the name tell me the name of the person who has remained free of sins after turning away from you and that is why tulsidas ji has said jeev jab te hari te bilganyo तब ते देह गेह निज मान्यो मायावश स्वरूप बिसरायो ते ही भ्रम ते दारुण दुख पायो सो तुलसीदास जी सैज दैर ओ श्री कृष्ण आई हैव बीन वॉन्ड्रिंग एंडलेसली इन दिस वर्ल्ड इन इग्नोरेंस it is it was your causeless grace that bestowed me or endowed me with this human body i met my guru received all the knowledge so that i could do bhakti and sadhana to be liberated from the pains and miseries of this world of this bondage but still my mind my mind is so obstinate it is so stubborn that it doesn't come to you doesn't remember you so this is the explanation of this line he param priyatam purnatam purushottam shri krishna tumse vimukh hone ke karan anadikal se humne ananta anant dukh paaye एवं पा रहे हैं श्रीमद सदगुरु सरकार की श्रीमद युगल सरकार की जय जय श्री राधे जय जय श्री राधे जय जय श्री राधे किशोरीदास एक मिनट so um i just wanted to just as clarification although i do expect that you understand the knowledge the philosophy but just as clarification the implication of the answer that i gave to the very first question about the nature of our relationship with god and i explained relationships in the world and the selfish nature of worldly relationships the implication is not that when you go back to your room tonight or you know you call your spouse if they're not here that you pick a fight with them or you pick an argument with them and you say you know what i had an inkling and today it is confirmed you are selfish and guess what i'm filing a divorce no 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 please don't 
That is not the implication. That is not. The implication is not that. Divine knowledge is not something that we use against anyone in our life. No. It is a tool we have. We have been given by our guru. And this tool we utilize to safeguard our devotional experiences, our devotion, our sadhana, to protect. So what I mean by that is that we retain this understanding within us. Always be cautious we, and be aware. We have that awareness and understanding. We keep that within us and while we interact with everybody in the world. Because even though we may feel that someone is selfish, and we may realize it, but so are we. Everybody is. Until we realize perfection, perfect love, divine love, God's love, with the grace of our guru, of course, we are all going to. That's, that's human nature. So knowledge is not to be misinterpreted in this way. No. Of course, Sri Maharaj tells us we have to be kind and have compassion and, and be treat everyone kindly and graciously because Radha Krishna also reside in their heart. But at the same time, we retain this understanding that this is how it is so that we may be inspired to propel, to go and to strengthen our relationship and strive for our goal of divine love realization. So that was the implication of the answer to that question.